heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Thursday, September the 14th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, we got a busy show for you. It's game preview show day. I just finished up reviewing the Chargers tape from their Monday night loss at Denver, and we are going to take a deep dive into their schemes, their concepts, tendencies, get you everything you need to know for Sunday's season opener for your Miami Dolphins. But first, I have to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned in wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and drop me a five star rating. Write me a nice review. It helps the podcast grow, helps to get it out to more Dolphins fans, and it helps you guys in return. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On Heat podcast for national and local coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Check out my personal website, thirdand10.com, where the week one quarterback recap is up and on there. Lots of inside scoops and scouting notes and gifs. Everything you need to know about the quarterbacks from week one in the NFL. And also before we get into the show, I have to tell you guys about our brand new partnership with profootballfocus.com. What is profootballfocus.com? PFF for short. It is a subscription-based service where they have employees that grade every single snap, every single player, every single game. They have the grades, snap counts, positional ranks, everything you could use to find out what's going on with the NFL and your favorite players and your favorite teams. If you actually watch the Sunday night broadcast on NBC, they have the positional ranks from PFF on the bottom of the screen when they're announcing the starting lineups. So very, very big publication, very big website. They have fantasy projections, rankings, tools, everything you could use for your fantasy team, NFL draft coverage, as well as specialized team pages and player pages featuring their PFF stats and their signature stats. It's all great stuff. I've used it for years and years and years. Jeff Radcliffe will join the Locked On Fantasy podcast every Thursday for 10 minutes, and Mike Renner will be joining the Locked On NBA podcast every Wednesday. So check that out. And what they're offering you guys is something incredible, something I've never seen them do before. It is a PFF Edge subscription. What this gets you is unlimited grades and fantasy projections like all the stuff I mentioned. It's a $40 value and it can be yours for free. All you have to do is go on to the show on iTunes and leave, or Apple Podcasts, I should say, and leave me a rating and review. And you write that review. What we're going to do is Locked On Sports is going to choose one winner every week from all the podcasts. And go ahead and give that lucky winner a free PFF Edge subscription for one year. It's a $40 value. Guys, it's very easy to go ahead and get that. Do yourself a favor, write us a review, and get yourself in line for that free subscription to Pro Football Focus. That's profootballfocus.com. When you leave that review, go ahead and leave your Twitter handle on there so we can go ahead and find you once again, profootballfocus.com, giving out a free Edge subscription for the season. All right, so looking into the Chargers' offensive schemes and kind of some of the things they did on Monday night, I'm not sure that it's going to translate over. I'm sure that they have a lot of 
rotating schemes and plans they can do depending on the opponent and, you know, making alterations like that. I know a quarterback like Phillip Rivers is probably going to have the ability to go ahead and do some of that stuff on the fly. It's kind of an experienced group. They've worked, they've been together for quite a while now, but some of the things I noticed off the top was the, a healthy mix of personnel groupings. They went from 11, 12, 21, 01 and zero, which is empty sets. What that means, 11 personnel means three receivers, one tight end, one running back, 12 personnel means one running back, two tight ends, 21 is two running backs, one tight end. 01 personnel is zero running backs, one tight end. So that's a, that's a spread out system. And then 00, double zero is an empty set. That's no backs, no tight ends. And that was pretty equal throughout the course of the game, or at least early on. Uh, the, one of the players I wrote down that was a, someone to note and, and to follow was Derek Watt, the fullback. He was in there very early for several snaps, but then they didn't bring him back in the rest of the game. He had eight snaps in the backfield and they ran some uh, lead blocking stuff with him with Melvin Gordon. And it was both in shotgun and the I formation and the offset I formation. They ran that. So they're going to try to find ways to get, you know, additional help in the blocking game and try to deal with the Dolphins the same way I imagine I dealt with the chart with the Ravens or excuse me, (laughs) with the Broncos because of that pass rushing prowess. So he was a guy to keep an eye on Uh, some of their routes and stuff. They do. I know they like to run a lot of those corner routes against zone, which is something the Dolphins will do. So watch them to kind of work on the corners and then bend in the seams uh, some route combinations you can see from that are will be one side of the field they'll run a corner and then an inside route and try to do kind of some double crossing routes there to get the linebackers off off balance they did that to the Dolphins a little bit last year too but um they'll do that with their main receivers and they're two guys that got the most reps in this game Tyrell Williams and Keenan Allen uh, Williams saw 55 snaps and Allen had 53 snaps out of the team's 59 so 90 percent respectively there for both those guys give or take Uh, as the receivers. Travis Benjamin had 39 snaps. That's a 66% of the time. And what I found interesting was the tight end reps was Antonio Gates started the game and got 39 snaps, which is 67% of their snaps. And Hunter Henry, who is a better player at this point of his career, only had 23 snaps, which is 40% of the team's snaps. So really interesting mixture there of the tight ends. And I think the reason they did that was in order to kind of deal with some of the, the Broncos pass rush. And we'll get to that here in a minute. Something else I noticed from this was they do a lot of window dressing, a lot of pre-snap stuff to kind of confuse the defense where they'll flex the running back and tight end out wide and then motion or shift them back into the formation. And that's something to keep an eye on because that could be difficult for a new defense like Matt Burke's new scheme or, you know, whether it has, you know, concepts and, and origins from what Vance Joseph did last year. It's still a new a new scheme to these guys, a new communication, and, and just kind of everything's new to this Dolphins defense with Matt Burke being there. So it could be something to keep an eye on. Uh, one thing that really that stood out for me with this game and then going back to the Dolphins game last year was Rivers really trusts what he sees pre-snap. And what I mean by that is he will make a read pre-snap, and he's going to go with it after, this, after he snaps the football, obviously. And that's something you can see the Dolphins working on with those, those formations where they pull off coverage from the defensive line or linebackers dropping back into the hook zone. Uh, Kiko Alonso did exactly that last year for a game-winning pick six. So you can get an a edge rusher or a, a linebacker that's split out wide on the slot and have them kind of funnel into a zone in the middle, and you can get an interception that way off of Phillip Rivers. So that's pretty nice, uh, a nice plan the Dolphins should work off of there. Some tendencies I noticed against man coverage. They'll run lots of routes underneath the corners and particularly corners that kind of play off. And that's something the Dolphins like to do. I don't know the Dolphins are going to play a lot of man, probably more of a zone team, but they'll work underneath wide receivers and work on anticipation. So stick routes, out routes, slant routes, the type of things that you can, if you recognize it, you can jump it and get a pick. Something to keep an eye on is Xavier Howard. I feel like Xavier Howard might get a pick in this game based on the way they played the Broncos and the way that Rivers kind of throws some balls that can be capitalized on like that. 
weaknesses for the Chargers team. The right side of the offensive line, which is music to any Dolphins fans' ears, you know about Ndamukong Sue and Cam Wake. Joseph Barksdale is the right tackle. He has a very slow first step, and that's exactly the type of thing that Cam Wake feasts on. So I think that that's probably why you saw the tight end snaps get reduced so much for the Chargers on Monday night. They had to deal with, you know, Von Miller and and that van- vaunted pass rush of the Denver Broncos. Well, the Dolphins have not as good of a pass rush, but it's, you know, it's up there. And Steph definitely has a superstar player like Von Miller like in Cam Wake, as well as in Dominican Sue. So I think that Joseph Barksdale is going to need a lot of help, going to need a lot of tight end chipping, running backs back there waiting to block. And their right guard, Kenny Wiggins, had a rough night. Didn't do anything particularly well that I noticed. Like I said, they kept Henry and Gates in the chip block and probably going to do the same thing with the Dolphins. So watch for Wake and Sue to have a big impact on this game as they normally do. Some strengths for this Chargers offense is Rivers pre-snap. I mentioned this earlier. You can, If you can fool him, you'll get him, which, I mean, that's kind of the case for any quarterback. But he's pretty tough to fool. But if you can fool him, you'll get him because he's going to get them into a lot of favorable running alignments. And what I mean by that is kind of checking off numbers in the box and doing a really quick audible where he makes a quick check and they go from a pass to a run in the snap of a finger just like that. And if he does that and they get a hat on a hat and they go Melvin Gordon on kind of a misdirection play, they'll run some fly sweep misdirection, fake reverses, and all kinds of things to get the, uh, the defense kind of standing still. And then Melvin Gordon so shifty and fast and quick that he can he can be pretty dangerous in the open field. So keep an eye out for Melvin Gordon. He had he had a couple of runs last year, but for the most part, the Dolphins contained him. I, I would be worried about Melvin Gordon this game going off for, some, for a 100-yard day or something like that. So the running game is something to worry about. And then the wide receivers are very good at winning routes early in the route, like right off the line of scrimmage, getting off jams. So I don't think the Dolphins will press too much because they'll probably just get beat, and that's not a, that doesn't do anybody any good. But their concepts are designed to keep cornerbacks in a pack in a backpedal and not give them enough time to break on the route, and that's kind of where that anticipation comes in. So Rivers gets them into the good running plays all the time, and their receivers are really good early in the route, and Rivers is good at recognizing those early route ones, route wins. And the big concern for me would be Byron Maxwell on some of those corner routes or crossing routes or even sometimes they'll do a lot of these twin formations where they have the receivers on the same side of the field and they'll run some of the route combinations that way and what that does is it pulls the if you only have two receivers in the field right you're going with Maxwell on one side Xavier Howard on the other side well if you bunch those receivers in a twin formation you have to pull some one of the corners over to play the slot which I mentioned it with Tony Lippett and Byron Maxwell. It's not something they do well. Lippett's not in here anymore. Xavier Howard's still here, but Maxwell is in there, and he really, really struggles on those in-breaking routes or having to deal with inside-outside leverage, which you you can't really do from the slot. You have to pick one or the other. So very concerned about Byron Maxwell in this game and the, the Chargers picking on him. You listen to the Locked On Dolphins podcast and the Locked On Family of Sports Podcast Network. We're going to get into the Chargers defense here in just one second, but I want to remind you guys first to go ahead and follow me on Twitter at NFL and follow the show at LockedOnFins for your daily analysis and news of the Miami Dolphins. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. All right, going on, moving on to the Chargers defense now. Some of the schemes and concepts they run, it, it's pretty 
kind of what you see is what you get. And the reason they can do that is because the edge pressure they get. And I'm going to start with the first two names that really the only two names that matter in the Chargers front seven that you have to really be concerned with. And that's Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, two of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Melvin Ingram played 86% of the snaps on Monday night. So 60 reps for him. Joey Bosa played 57, which is 82% of the snaps. Kind of curious to see if that's going to be tough for them to come off of a short week without having the great conditioning that they're normally used to, you know, later in the season. Could be a concern there for them, but Melvin Ingram was just getting off the ball all night and just wrecking things. His his get off is so quick. They don't really run any twists or stunts or different types of exotic looks because they can just rely on those guys getting pressure. So Jay Cutler probably won't see much of a of a blitz package from the Chargers but he can't expect to get pressures off the edge. Very vital that he steps up into the pocket, and even more important, the Dolphins' interior offensive line holds up against the likes of Brandon Meebane and Corey Legit because they want to collapse the pocket from the outside, and then if they can put pressure on the interior, your quarterback is just going to be done. He's going to have no chance. So absolutely vital that Mike Pouncey handles business in this game, which, I mean, you expect him to, even though some of the bigger guys have given him problems over the years. A guy like Brandon Meebane, who only played... He did play two-thirds of the snaps, so did Corey Legit in the game, and they have a couple of rotational guys that they bring in, but really, they, they really kind of ran with the same four guys for the most part throughout the course of the game, so if the Dolphins can kind of go tempo and get them, get them tired, get them gassed, and get those guys out of the game with tempo and, and committing or uh, converting first downs on third down, that's going to be the key to the game. That's a key in any game, but I think that that's something they can really do to mitigate that Chargers outside rush. Some of their tendencies, they like to press a lot. They like to play a lot of man coverage in those with those cornerbacks, and those cornerbacks are very skilled. Jason Verrett and Casey Hayward both played over 90% of the defensive snaps, and they're going to be out there all day again. Jaleel Dye and Trey Boston both played 100% of the snaps at safety, and then Desmond King got a little bit of work late in the game. He actually was there to cause that interception on the screen passes and work out for Trevor Simeon, but they're going to be physical to line scrimmage. They're going to challenge the Dolphins, so it's going to be interesting to see how much the Dolphins want to run that screen game they love to do out of bunch formations where they'll throw a screen to the to the guy on the you know dotting the eye on the on the trips bunch out there or if they're going to work that short passing game because the Chargers are going to try to press you and get you out of that and get you off your rhythm and timing. So it's going to be interesting to see how well the Dolphins can mitigate that. But I think the number one thing the Dolphins are going to have to do to win this game is run the football against this defense. Like I said, get those get those edge guys going upfield and work around them and just kind of scheme them out of the play, so to speak. If you can run the ball and keep the chain short, you mitigate those two pass rushers, they're not going to win if they if they can't have those guys teeing off. So keeping the Dolphins in third and five or shorter is going to be absolutely paramount in this game. Keeping those edge rushers at bay. And then also just Jay Cutler, please be smart with the football because these two corners are very opportunistic. The secondary is very opportunistic and they will jump routes and they will intercept balls. They had one pick. They had another pick that should have been caught, but Casey Hayward dropped it right in his hands. So... It's important for the Dolphins to not turn the football over as it is in any game and keep the third downs manageable. That's such a cliche thing to say, but those are going to be the keys. The weaknesses of the defense, their linebackers, they have some good players, but they really did a lot of rotations with Jatavis Brown, Kyle Emanuel, Corey Toomer, Hayes Pollard. These guys all got playing time in this game, and I don't think they were satisfied with necessarily any of them. I saw a lot of them having trouble getting off blocks and not necessarily being able to cover in the short to intermediate range, which is where the Dolphins like to live. So that little slant part to Devon, slant route to Devontae Parker could be a key in this game. I think that getting Kenny Stills, where they kind of have those three verticals upfield, just if you can win, if we can have one guy win against that press coverage and those three vertical routes to kind of stretch out the safeties, that could be a, a big key to this game as well. So I, I trust Adam Gaze to design a plan that works against this defense. They are beatable, but like I said, I'm going to go back to it again. Everything starts with those edge rushers. If Laramie Tunzel and Juwan James can get them blocked, we're going to have an easy win in this game. 
what you really worry is the right tackle because he's going to be facing Melvin Ingram a lot. And Jawan James has had, he's had some really good games in his career and had some really bad games in his career. So it's going to be really up to him. I, I think he's my key player in this game. If, if Jawan James can play a clean game and, and keep his quarterback standing up, then the Dolphins should be able to win this game. But the passing game is going to be a function of the running game. They have to run the football in this game. And you hope that the Chargers, like I mentioned earlier, a Monday night, short week, it might not seem like a lot, but the Chargers are coming back from Denver. That game ended around, what was it, 11 o'clock at night out here on the West Coast. So they didn't get back into San Diego. Dang it, I did it again. They didn't get back into Los Angeles until probably about, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning if everything went well with their flight. And then, so by the time they come back in on Tuesday, everyone's kind of tired or coming back in on Tuesday afternoon, which is probably going to be a player off day, but that's where you want to review the film. So their ability to go ahead and tinker with the short week and tinker with the film from the first game, they might not have much of an advantage in that sense, because if guys were doing the review, it was going to be on Tuesday evening and that wipes out their off day. So you might have sluggish players that played a lot of snaps and on a short week without the rest, without the rest. And then you go to Wednesday and you put in a game plan immediately. So I think the Dolphins have an advantage from that sense. It'll be interesting to see how they respond off of you know all the hurricane uh, stuff that really you really don't like to see, obviously, but how they respond to that and how well they can kind of mitigate some of the issues they've had with having to go to Los Angeles and, and practice there and uproot their entire lives for a week. So it'll be interesting to see how they play off that, how they deal with that defense, how they deal with Philip Rivers on the offense, how they deal with Melvin Gordon. And I'm going to get you guys a prediction right now in this game. I have been completely waffling on this one back and forth. I've I've had losses, I've had wins, I've had blowouts, I've had close victories and losses. I think the Chargers, just by a function of what they are as a team, tend to play close games. You can never really count Phillip Rivers out, but the Dolphins, I think that to win this game, like I mentioned, have to control those edge rushers. Jawan James has to have a big game. They have to run the football, and I think if they get a good lead, if they get... If they ever get a two-score lead in the second half, I mean, it's kind of a cliche thing to say or kind of a captain obvious thing to say, but if they can get a two-score lead in the second half, this game's going to be over because the Dolphins can run the ball, like I said, mitigate those pass rushers and just kind of wind the clock down and wear them out. And then, like I said, Jay Ajayi is just, he's a load to tackle, you know, 10 to 12 times a game, but having to do it 20, 25 times a game, I would just pound the rock with Jay Ajayi, lean on these guys, get them down wilted in that hot heat out there in Los Angeles. You know, the Dolphins are going to be a little more fresh with having not played a game, whereas the Chargers are on a short week. And, you know, the Dolphins have are going to have kinks to work out first. Obviously, I mean, special teams is going to be critical because week one's all about turnovers, third downs, and special teams, as it is kind of any week. But those special teams meltdowns will kill you in your first game, and it happens every single year. It happened in week one in the NFL. I mean, the the Browns had their first opening drive block uh, punt blocked for a touchdown, and they lost by three points. So, very critical to get special teams cleaned up. I think the Dolphins, you know, a veteran special team staff, all new guys that could be kind of wishy-washy. I'm going to say they get it done, even though I'm not really confident in that. I'm going to say the special teams gets it done. I'm going to say the offense runs the ball well. I'm going to say that Jay Cutler has a turnover, but just one. And I'm going to say that Jawan James does play up to up to snuff and handles the right tackle or ex- ex- handles the right tackle position. I'm going to say they can prevent Melvin Ingram or Melvin Gordon from having a big rushing day. I think Rivers is going to get him a few times in the passing game, but I think the Dolphins are going to come out of this game with a 27 to 24 win to open the season in Los Angeles and put the Chargers back at 0 and 2 and send the Dolphins out to New York 1 and 0 to play the Jets, which is a game we all expect to win. So my prediction for the game: 27 24 Miami Dolphins win. 
So that'll be the last time you guys hear from me this week. This was the preview show for Thursday, September the, September the 14th. The game is on Sunday, September the 17th at 4.05 Eastern Time in Los Angeles. The Dolphins make their season debut for the 2017 season. Good to see the guys getting back into football after Hurricane Irma did her damage down in South Florida. Hope everyone's doing well down there still. That's going to be the end of the podcast. Be sure to, check out, to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a rating and review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Again, guys, Monday is going to be a reaction show. I'm going to have five takeaways from the game for you that night, so immediate reaction with five takeaways. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter, at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show, at Locked On Fins. Check out 3rd10.com for the week one quarterback recap, all the stats and grades and and GIFs and scouting notes and all that stuff is down there. Week two will be up next week after this, and we'll have Jay Cutler to go off of on that game as well. So we will see you guys on Monday for the next edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football fins up. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.